0: the day that the Lord has made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. If you are joining me for the very first time, I welcome you. Also, I welcome my regular listeners. I appreciate you for tuning in as well. Truly, you are a blessing to this ministry. I encourage you to send your prayer requests and donations to It's About Him Ministries at gmail.com. I would like to hear from all of you. Last week, I focused on Jesus in the midst of a storm. The Oxford Dictionary defines storm as a violent disturbance of the atmosphere with strong winds and usually rain, thunder, lightning or snow. Do not think it's strange for Christians to experience storms in their lives because they do. Many are entering into a storm in the midst of a storm, or coming out of a storm. We have the victory because we know the one who can help us through the storm, and that person is Jesus. There are three things that I talked about last week that storms do for our lives. One, it reveals our weaknesses. Two, it causes us to humble ourselves. And three, it shows us our need for deliverance. If we are honest with ourselves, in most cases, storms bring bring us closer to Jesus. Today, I will talk about the wilderness experience. Being in the wilderness is similar to being in a storm. One is reminded of his or her weaknesses and insecurities, often one feels lonely and helpless in the wilderness. Let us look at our example of Jesus when he was in the wilderness. Go to Matthew chapter four, verses one through 11. It says, "'Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness "'to be tempted by the devil. "'And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights,' and afterwards he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, "'If you are the Son of God, "'command that these stones become bread.' "'But he answered and said, "'It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, "'but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God.' "'Then the devil took him up into the holy city, "'set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give His angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord God. Again, You shall serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Before going into the wilderness, Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and filled with the Holy Ghost by God, his heavenly father. Did you notice that Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit? The devil didn't lead him there. He was led by God through the Holy Spirit. That means there is something to be learned through the wilderness that is essential for all of us. If Jesus, who knew no sin, had to experience it, it must be something needful for us to go through this wilderness. According to dictionary.com, wilderness is defined as a wild or uncultivated region as a forest or a desert uninhabited or inhabited only by wild animals, a track of wasteland. So the wilderness is not a glorious place to travel. For instance, when we experience the wilderness place in our lives, it seems like a very low point It can be very dissatisfying and even depressing. Jesus was just coming off his 40 day and 40 night fast when the devil, Satan approached him. I am sure Jesus was able to seek God like never before. He was able to hear God's voice clearly. He was sensitive to God's Holy Spirit. He was able to trust God and to know God on an intimate basis. Jesus was very hungry. We would have been too if we hadn't eaten for 40 days and 40 nights. The devil came at Jesus' weakest point. It shouldn't surprise you that Satan tends to come to us in our weakest moments. Satan came to Jesus on three different occasions. And each time, what did Jesus do? Jesus gave Satan the word of God and we must do the same. Satan tempted Jesus with his appetite, with wanting power, and with his relationship with God. So Jesus gave Satan the word of God when he was tempted. It took three times, but eventually Satan fled. Satan respected the word of God. God's word carries much weight, authority, and power, just like the devil had to flee. He will flee when we give him the word of God. Let's look at James chapter four, verse seven. It says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. First Corinthians 10, verse 13, it says, no temptation has overtaken you except such as it's common to man, but God is faithful who not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So we don't sin um, when we, how do I say, we don't sin when temptation comes, temptation will come. We sin when we yield to that temptation. I just mentioned that we don't have to sin because God has provided a way of escape. Isn't that good that we don't have to sin, praise God? Satan has no power over us. God has given us power to speak and to proclaim his word to Satan and against his works. Hallelujah. Today, Satan is no different. He tempts us with our appetites, with wanting power, and with our relationship with God. Let us explore these a little bit closer. Number one, our appetites. Number two, wanting power. And number three, our relationship with God. Our appetites. Our appetites can consist of many things, such as food, sex, lust, drugs, money, and more. If our appetites are not controlled by the Holy Spirit we will all be baits for the devil. He will be able to devour us because we have allowed our appetites to guide and direct our behaviors. We have to submit our appetites, which are our cravings and our desires to the word of God. Then and only then are we able to sustain. Praise God. Jesus was hungry. But he didn't allow his appetite or his desire for bread to persuade him to yield to the devil's devices. Instead, Jesus knew who he he was. He didn't have to prove anything to the devil. Yes, Jesus could have easily turned the stone to bread, but there was no need to. Jesus' source for life was God's word, not food or drink. We have to remember when Satan comes to tempt us with overeating, having sexual desires toward those who are not married to us or consuming illegitimate substances in our bodies. We must resist Satan and say to him, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you should worship the Lord, your God and him alone shall you serve. Wanting power. So many people are hungry for power. They don't care how they achieve it because it is so important to them. Some will lie, steal, cheat, or kill for it. Let us make sure we're not striving for power. Let us yield our appetites, our our attitudes, our behaviors to God. Then when Satan comes in this area of our life to tempt us, instead We will be able to bear it through God and he will provide a way of escape. For we know we have power through God, through the Holy Spirit. He gives us power to overcome the enemy and to do the will of God, the Father. Satan knew of Jesus' power just like Jesus did. Satan knew that the angels would come if Jesus fell. Jesus didn't waste his time proving anything to Satan because he knew he didn't have to fall. He just gave him the word. Jesus knew who he was on the earth and the power he possessed. Moreover, we must know the power we possess in Christ Jesus through the Holy Spirit. We don't have to defend ourselves. Just give Satan the word of God. That power alone is all the power we will ever need. There is nothing else on earth that compares to the power of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. Praise God. I'm using those words interchangeably, Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost. Now, let's look at our relationship with God. Jesus was the son of God on earth and knew that he had to be about the business of his father. Satan came to tempt Jesus, to worship him. Now, now, Satan was thrown out of heaven ages ago, along with a third of the angels that followed him. Now they are called demons. So you would have thought that Satan would have been smart enough not to mess with Jesus, especially in that area. For Satan to ask Jesus to worship him, that was crazy. Jesus knew his relationship to God. Not only was he the only begotten son of God, but he was God manifested in the flesh as a man. Now, if this sounds strange or confusing, please study it out for yourselves because I don't have time on this broadcast to go into that. But we must know who we belong to. Can we call God Abba Father, our heavenly father? Have we accepted his only begotten son, Jesus, as Lord and Savior of our lives? Are we serving the only true and wise living God? We must be able to tell Satan like Jesus did. It is written again, you should not tempt the Lord your God. Often Satan will tempt us in these three areas, regardless how or when the temptations come God has given us power through his son, Jesus, by his Holy Spirit to overcome any and every temptation of Satan. Remember, James 4, 7 says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. This wilderness experience was the preparation and the launching of the ministry of Jesus. Although the wilderness seems like a very lonely and unrewarding place, when led by God, God will use this experience to develop our character, strengthen our relationship with him, and to anoint us for the ministry that he has placed in us. So don't rush the process. It might take 40 days or 40 nights, or it could take longer. Stay there as long as it takes. The wilderness experience will equip you for what God has for you. So don't dread it, embrace it and become victorious in Christ Jesus. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please call today at 810-309-8753. And I will pray with you. That number again, 810-309-8753. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for our wilderness experience. It is through the wilderness that our character is tried and developed. Our wilderness experiences prepares us for what you have predestined for us. We thank you for equipping us with your word to defeat Satan and to reign victoriously in you. In your holy son, Jesus name. Amen. Remember, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him, Jesus. Remember, it's not about me, it's not about you, it's about him, Jesus. We've been calling to look at you, but it's about Jesus.